0: Pastors Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Hello, this is Pastor Shane Eidelman of Westside Christian Fellowship. Because pastoring can be difficult, challenging, and exhausting, Pastors Unplugged is specifically designed to encourage those in pastoral ministry. I hope you enjoy this episode of Pastors Unplugged. <laughs> You were born for such a time as day, such a time as day. Hey, welcome to this episode of Pastors Unplugged, part of Idleman Unplugged, where we talk about controversial issues, but from a biblical perspective. And today, I'm going to talk about depression, burnout, and suicide in the pastorate, and that there is hope. Now, this could obviously take quite a while to unpack. There's different dynamics that take place uh, different reasons why people are burned out or depressed or suicidal. And obviously we can't touch on every single reason why, but we can look at really the key indicators that are causing this. And I'm going to be kind of all over the place, uh, but ultimately being able to offer some hope throughout, uh, and letting, you know, and it, probably anyone listening that, uh, depressing times or, um, Suicidal thoughts are not uncommon uh, to a lot of people. I know uh, Charles Spurgeon, for example, struggled with depression and uh, other pastors have and it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly what causes it. but I'm going to talk to you about what I believe probably are the five top things. I might not get to all five, but we'll we'll maybe even cover more but let's let's start. Number one. And these are in no order, uh, no particular order of intensity. You know, number one is number one reason. Number two, it's, it's not that. It's just speaking from my heart. Number one, a lot of times in the pastorate, we get depressed or frustrated or feel like a failure because we measure success by the world's standard. If, you know, bigger, better, faster, stronger, that's not necessarily biblical. Biblical is faithful in spite of the numbers, uh, fruitful in spite of the results <laughs> or circumstances, and and so it, when you change your mind about this, okay, Lord, I'm just going to be faithful whether you've given me 50 people or five people in my small group here or 500 or whatever that is, and and it's it's common knowledge that a lot of the pastors who have Large churches, there's a euphoria for a while. There's a, you know, the honeymoon, they would say, when that honeymoon is over. And when difficulties kick in, then their faith is really challenged. For example, uh, I'll put a time stamp on this podcast. Right now it's January 4th, 2022. Almost going to be about two years into when the coronavirus was first kind of identified and, and it got into a full blown crisis. Um, whether it was a genuine crisis or kind of manipulated, you know, it's up for the debate. I've got my thoughts, but anyway, uh, that was another few months away would be the two year mark. So all that to say this, we saw a lot of pastors with large churches or even smaller churches, actually, um, medium size, large, smaller, where when people came back, they didn't come back to the degree that they thought. And so boy, I was used to such and such. I mean I knew one mega church close to us, probably down about half uh, half attendance. I mean that's that's pretty, pretty significant, not to mention the financial uh, hit to that. And other churches, you know members didn't come back. they watched online which we know online is is good to offer that, but it's not even close to being in the actual service. And then there were churches uh, that did grow through it uh, financially and in attendance. And so that was obviously um, an encouragement to them. A lot of the churches were the ones who stayed open and, and kind of, um, you know, ministered in spite of what was going on. And and so it was an interesting dichotomy. So I did talk to a lot of pastors who were kind of bummed out, burned out, depressed, uh, resigned. Uh, some wanted to move because of these these numbers. So again, it goes back to how we're rating success now, granted, that would be a little let down, but but saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to be faithful regardless of what you you give me, what you put me through, what you've called me to. Thank you for this calling. Thank you for just even being able to minister to people on a daily basis. Like Paul, I know how to um, uh, uh, be successful in a lot and how to be a, a, in a little. What he means by successful or what I mean is by um is, is your fulfillment. You're fulfilled. I know how to be fulfilled when I abase and when I abound and when I have much and I when I have little. And, and during these difficult seasons and during the plentiful seasons, on top of the mountaintops and in the valleys, I know how to just take comfort in that. So that is often the number one reason. Pastors, you know, I talk, you know, you talk to them. They're doing great. You know, our budget is whatever, three, four, five million and our new building program. And are we had to add another service and, and see their high is temporary, uh, because you can get high on serotonin. You can get high on just feeling good. God has given us feelings for a reason, which is really good. So I would look at that first. You know, is this, uh, wrong mindset causing my depression? Because, if you want a certain thing, you think this is this this is the ticket. The grass is greener, and that's not coming. It will really lead to depression. I remember uh, Steve Schell, S C H E L L. Steve Schell used to listen to him all the time on the radio, probably twenty years ago. Now I think he's retired, maybe had some heart issues up in Washington and uh, he talked about an amazing uh, a, a example of this he actually did a series on breaking something about breaking demonic strongholds or depression or something like that eight part series and it was really good so much insight wish i could find it again but he talked about how he would go in his room for a few hours and you know the kids knew his wife knew okay you know steves in that mood don't don't go in there and i'm only sharing this cuz he shared it publicly a few different times and, you know, some of us can relate, you know, you come home in bad moods and different things, but this is an ongoing issue. And he was at a, I think a luncheon or something, just kind of depressed and groggy and, and uh, cloudy, kind of just, just not in a good spot. And there, uh, there's another pastor there and his wife, and he knew they were coming from a small church. I think he was, had a fairly large church at this point. And the lady was just so joy, of, full of joy. So was the husband. And we're just so filled with joy, being able to minister to these people in our church, this church that God has given us, and these people and this opportunity. And 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 in his mind, Steve is saying, how, how can they be joyful with such you know a small church? And it kind of like, is God even really in that church? Was his attitude? And because we judge, you know, a pastor who has. A couple thousand, they're much more successful than a pastor who has 100 or 200. We don't want to listen to that pastor. We want to listen to the other pastor. And that's the CEO mentality. That is the American mentality that is not good. It's not God-ordained, and it can just be destructive. Now, granted, over the course of ministry, God might grow your ministry, so some seasoned pastors might, in my area, there's John MacArthur, Jack Hibbs, um, uh, we've got uh, David Der- Jeremiah down in San Diego, and others where there's a history of, of of faithfulness. And so they will be able to speak into the lives of other people to a higher degree because of that and because they do have a larger church. So it's my point is it's not the size of the church in and of itself. It's really the heart of the person. So anyway, Steve went home realized, spent some time with God or God illuminated something or showed him that that was his problem. So as soon as he gave that over to God and said, Lord, I don't care if there's 50 people. I really don't. I just want to be ministering to those people who you've given me care over. I just want to find that joy that is unspeakable, just serving you, even if it's just me and you and a couple other people, God help me return to me that joy. And, and, and he said his words, it was amazing. The shackles were broken And the depression lifted. And he never dealt with that depression again. Unbelievable. And I can give you other examples as well. I've dealt with this in my own life. You know, once you get your heart right, uh, it's really exciting where this joy that was elusive suddenly comes from. And then on this note, we can't uh, forget about demonic attacks, demonic oppression. And demonic is different than the flesh. You know, the flesh... For example, you'll you'll crave something, and you know it's it's a craving in the flesh. Okay, you know I can kind of say no, and or I can have it, whatever it is, chocolate cake, or I mean you fill in the blank. But when you know it's demonic, there's a harassment, there's an imprisonment, there's a um a not letting go. Let me see, I wrote some notes down earlier today. I'm gonna see if I can find those real quick. Um, yeah, here we go you know, the flesh yearns, but the demonic entices. The flesh desires something, but the demonic harasses. Uh The flesh, you know, it will crave something, but the demonic compels us. It's like this dialogue in the mind and they blind us from the consequences of the sin and and they try to entice us with this immediate pleasure. And so the demonic realm, we have to remember, you know, we say the three persons of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, they're not Persons as we think of as people. Obviously, Jesus Christ was revealed in the flesh and took on that, that persona, that person. But, you know, the demonic realm can be described also as persons or and again, not like people that we think walk around on earth, but by fallen beings, by demonic angels that they're there. So it's, it's personal. And so you're struggling. I, we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against, for example, if there's a demon sent to harass you or to, um, to, uh, to really, um, probe at a deep level into your heart and to get you to back away from God and and all these different things um it, it's it's a whole different level the flesh is strong but the demonic attacks are stronger that's how you can tell the difference it's a it's a stronger attack it's um it's something that t- can't be easily explained it can't be easily dealt with there's a there's a demonic onslaught and so the second reason uh, to me would be something we have to look at. Is this a demonic attack? Okay, my flesh is craving more, you know, uh, the good, the good hormones from serotonin to, uh, other things, dopamine and different things. And, you know, are those, are those low or is this a demonic attack? And so I would take it to the Lord. Spiritual warfare is, may be required. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You can put that title in YouTube. And I gave a, a sermon on that some time ago. And there's a demonic realm. And so there might be depression and these suicidal thoughts. Where are they coming from? You know, your, your God can't use you now. Look at your, your, your many, your, your, um, your mighty ministry has turned to nothing. Look at this, this, uh, this, Um, well, the right word would be this, um, sorry, having a difficult here, thinking of the right word, the phrase, or what I'm trying to say is the enemy would plant seeds of instead of success, seeds of doubt, instead of, of, of accomplishments, failures, and you're not going to amount to anything. You can't even really speak well you're, 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 you know, this, and just keep, uh, keep, keep pressuring you and pressuring you. And that's where just take your life, just end this all. And that's where the suicidal thoughts will come in is, you know, I just want to be released of this pain. And often mental pain is. Um, just as painful as physical pain. Some people say even more so because it's this, and and it could be a demonic onslaught. It could be a demonic oppression. Well, you know, we don't teach that a, a Christian, a pastor can be possessed. And the Bible really doesn't use the word possessed. It uses the word demonized, has a demon. So we do believe that demons can harass. I believe when Jesus talked about turning them over to the torturers, um, that demons are often viewed as torturers and Paul. It said give one up to Satan for the buffeting of the flesh and obviously the torturing of the flesh so that person will come to the knowledge of Christ and repent and so we do know that that demonic realm is real so i would take it to God in prayer and fasting there's there's power in those two combinations and we look at this as a spiritual battle and i could be ta- and once you know you could be attacked by like a not a person per se but a personality a being and that 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 helps you put up your guard it's not just a force out there there. It's not just an impulse. It's actually a demonic being trying to attack you and you can uh, set up some safeguards for that. So that would be number two. Uh, Number three, there are just seasons in life where there's ups and downs and you don't know know, how to deal with it. Um, Your your adrenal glands have been exhausted. I remember um, remember his name, but he wrote the book, uh, Wayne Carrero, Leading on Empty. And then uh, another gentleman was a fo- on focus on the family, a pastor um, who wrote the book uh, on the Song of Solomon, and I can't remember his name as well either. But he was just—I mean, when you have a when you just have a panic attack and you just break down—that's uh, what happened to these gentlemen. He just could not even function. And um, what happened was the serotonin levels. He took a—I believe it was called a serotonin uh, uptake inhibitors. And there's things that can balance out these levels. And so I'm not against medication per se. I just don't think it should be the first resort. It should be the last resort. And some medication has side effects that are just as bad as what you're going through. So, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul and looking what are the side effects of the medication and antidepressants. Some of those are just not good. You do your research. Do they have black box warnings and um and so, but there's something about serotonin uptake inhibitors They the, the, the uh, side effects might not be as bad. And of course you have to have that diagnosed by a professional. And so I'm not ruling that out at all, but I wouldn't have that um, be, you know, your first resort Oh, I need to take something because I'm going to get real, 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 real deep, real honest with you. A lot of pastors, a lot of leaders, a lot of people, a lot of Christians don't take care of their body. And so if you're you using caffeine, for example, on a regular basis, you've got to have your vente, you've got to have your afternoon frappuccino, you've got to have your monster drink to get through your appointments, you are severely taxing your body and it will crash. That's when you when you when you uh when your adrenal glands are fatigued. Uh, and that that adrenaline for so much adrenaline, 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 and then your adrenal glands are fatigued and your cortisone levels are high. You'll just boom, you crash, and your body will say, I'm done. And once you get to that point, there's literally nothing you can do other than of course, pray and, and, uh, spend time with God, take a sabbatical and just let the body heal itself. So I don't know if this is point four necessarily, because it kind of ties into three. So let's say it's three and four, but Healthy nutrition giving your body. The rest it needs, you know. I, I'm I'm a good seven hours of sleep at night, and not taking caffeine, especially after breakfast or after you know that time. Just zero caffeine. Let the body be able to just rest and uh, healthy food. I mean, you're, you're, if you're having junk food and um, and soda and milkshakes, and you know, it might feel good temporarily because all the sodium, all the partially hydrogenated oils, all the food coloring, all the additives. Those are chemicals, and they are addictive and so you feel good for an hour and then you crash and you need your sugar and your caffeine to get you back up again and so that actually when you don't feed the body what it needs uh, to run, especially tons of veggies and and huge colorful salads where you get the phytochemicals from the plants, the life-giving nutrition that gives life, uh, the microbiome and everything where the body is just feeling so much better. You can relieve a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression just by doing those things. It's amazing how many people I talk to who are dealing with anxiety and they deal with it by taking uh, caffeine or alcohol. And both of those, um, one's a depressant, obviously one's a stimulant, but the, the, um, the coming down or with the, with the withdrawals of those can actually lead to higher levels of anxiety. Alcohol does that big time. And caffeine, what happens is you you put your body in a in a in a in a state of fight and flight, and you, you're just constantly going, constantly going, and and there's your ad, adrenaline's high and cortisol's high, and there's a a fight and flight syndrome within you, and you can't rest. You and and people say, but Shane, I I just I go to sleep just fine. Well, you don't really go to sleep and get deep REM movement. What you do is you're probably up every few hours, and you have to urinate. You have to you know you get up, and you have to go back to sleep. You have to go back and be, what you do. You're passing out your body's exhausted so sure of course you can fall asleep uh, after a little bit some caffeine, but you're not getting a good night's sleep at all that's why you're restless that's why you don't wake up refreshed anytime especially when i'm fasting and I get just a good night's sleep just conked out and I wake up i'm actually don't need a coffee i i mean i'm I'm not i don't I couldn't go run a marathon but there's yeah, oh, man, I feel pretty good. Let me open the Word. Let me read the Bible. Let me, you know, and maybe switch to decaffeinated. Make sure it's organic to avoid the pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and and switch over and start switching over. Take some time. Take a good week to wean off the caffeine and the junk food, and you're going to start feeling a lot better, which can also lead to obesity. uh, Being a lot of pastors, you can tell this is a sinew we can't hide. Gluttony cannot be hid from the public eye. And many people struggle with gluttony. It breaks my heart. You know, this would be a struggle of mine too, for sure. If I didn't stay active and and took some precautions and just, you know, eating too much of a good thing turns into gluttony gluttony and we become overweight and we get tired easier. We don't have enough energy. Our thinking is not sharp. And that's why intermittent fasting is good for some people. Daniel fat. I don't call it Daniel fast. It's not really fasting. Fasting is shutting the mouth. It's a Daniel, the Daniel healthy eating program. And that's not bad either. Um, that has a lot of benefits as well, but just fasting and letting the body just reset itself. And you can actually download my book on fasting at a West side Christian fellowship that's westsidechristianfellowship.org. All my books there are free downloads so it can give you that energy, that motivation, that encouragement to fast and to really take this area and and run with it because I've seen I've seen healthy pastors, uh body, soul and spirit, they're taking care of their body and I've seen unhealthy ones. It doesn't I'm not saying they can't preach well or they can't lead well, but it it's a big hindrance in their life when they're not taking care of this wonderful gift that God has given us. So that was point one. I discussed point two, point three, point four, kind of flowed into another one with obesity, taking care of the body. And then number five, the five, the fifth reason is sometimes we just don't know. Um, the Bible talks about the heavens being brass in Deuteronomy 28, that God says, I'm not going to pour out the rain on the soil. The heavens will be like brass in the King James Like iron, I believe, in the New King James. And what is the reason, because of what, why, Lord, you're not hearing my prayers? What's going on here? It's because of unconfessed sin. The people had drifted from God, they're no longer obedient. And one of the top reasons, I believe, in Christian leadership for depression, anxiety, things like that is besetting unconfessed sin. And they are in a hard spot, they're miserable. Uh, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. So again, all of us can relate to this, but it's a season where like David said, um, that even his bones hurt. He, he wept all night. Uh, my hand is not short. My ear is not heavy that I cannot save. But your sins have separated me from you. And because of your iniquities, I do not hear your prayers. Now, granted, the context that could be salvation. Uh, Now, there are a lot of pastors who are not genuinely saved. They have religion, but not a relationship. Uh, They are are for ungodly agendas. They embrace ungodly lifestyles. And they call themselves a pastor or a reverend or whatever. And they are not even saved. So obviously, their depression has to be dealt with at a spiritual level level. They've got to repent and accept Christ as Lord and Savior and turn from that and experience the joy. The book of Acts talks about in times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. But for many other pastors, a secret porn habit, a secret addiction, a secret this or that, a pride and arrogance and So many intellectual pastors struggle with pride and arrogance. I've got a master's. I've got a Ph.D. I've I've learned the Greek. I've understand the Hebrew. Uh, I mean, I'm well qualified. And and that pride will make them very depressed because it can become a form of idolatry and self exaltation. It needs to be repented of. So whatever the Lord is showing you through these five points, I would encourage you to take it to prayer and fasting. Repent of these things. In some Cases Most many pastors are struggling with every point I mentioned. Uh, we have this idea that successful means dealing with the big numbers uh, and, and we get depressed because of that. And then we also are struggling with the secret sin. And then we are not taking care of our body. We're not uh, giving it what it needs. We're not seeking God with all of our heart, with all of our strength, or it could be a, a physical issue that needs to be aligned. And and all these things kind of, you know, they, they can melt together and then then it's a mess. And then from that often comes the suicidal thoughts. Now, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here, but there have been, you know, famous pastors. I know there's a pastor here in my area, probably a half hour away, it took his life. Another one I actually knew. Uh, At a conservative church here, we've talked before, and um, he ended up taking his life. He was caught, though, kind of in a love triangle that he couldn't get out of. Um, And so, you know, people, their suicidal thoughts can come by the attack of the enemy. uh, And they talk about, you know, imbalances in brain chemistry. And that can definitely happen as well, too. But I believe God can heal. God can set free. And we didn't talk much about it yet, but the power of spending time in God's word, saturating your mind in, the, in God's word, applying God's word, letting God's word tr- change your mind, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? How Paul, by the renewing of your mind, and it just kind of makes me sad when some people, you know, Christians that drug, you know, deal with with suicidal thoughts or depression. Yeah, yeah, I tried all that. You know, I I tried reading the Word, I tried praying, and it didn't work. Well, I can tell by their attitude. Their attitude's not right. And I'm not saying it's a it's a surefire bulletproof. Way something that's going to ha- help every single time, but let's not minimize time spent in God's word. Let's not minimize. Let's maximize it. Let's let's just seek God like never before. Let's bury our, our mind in God's word. Let's turn turn into prayer and worship. And and a lot of times when you're struggling with with depression, anxiety, and all these things, it's also because what you're feeding your mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And A. W. Tozer said, "Who who a man is all week is who he who he will be when he steps to the pulpit." So if we're filling. Our our mind with darkness and things we shouldn't be watching, and YouTube and the media and Netflix and voodoo and Amazon Prime and and gore and these movies that that are just not productive at all. And I see all these pastors taking delight in all these R-rated filthy movies and things they shouldn't be watching, and and that just quenches and grieves the spirit. And if you're quenching and grieving the spirit, you will, my friend, struggle with depression big time. Because that's a terrible spot for a Christian to be, knowing what they need to be doing and they're not doing it. So, hope this helped uh, those out there. Again, I would take all these points to prayer. Ask God to illuminate it. Ask God to show you. You know, is there a is there a chemical imbalance that I have going on? And that is possible. Uh, is there rep- unrepentant sin? Am I am I not taking care of my body? And am I giving myself substances that uh, that really? Um, add to the anxiety and, you know, even like I mentioned with caffeine, you can look at it's in the it's in the the diagnostic manual for mental de- disorders <laughs> that's, that the psychologists use. It's in the manual for mental disorders, caffeine induced sleep disorder, caffeine induced this disorder, disorder, caffeine induced this disorder, disorder. And they recognize over 500 milligrams a day. You are you are mess in your mind up big time. And so how much of this is self-inflicted? How much of the depression, the anxiety is self-inflicted? And if you don't like what I'm saying, it's probably because you need to hear what I'm saying. How is God going to speak to you in this area if he doesn't convict you? How is God going gonna, to gonna show you here's an area that needs improvement if we don't talk about it? And so again, I'm preaching to myself and all these points, uh, but these five indicators are sure signs that you're on the wrong path. Uh, many of the, these indicators are. There's a few things that you you know you're not control of, of chemical imbalances, and the the irony is with chemical imbalances, many of our hormones and chemical imbalances are controlled by our diet and controlled by our microbiome. So, you know, there you go. Um, it's just it's just something we need to look at. Take it to the Lord. There is hope. There is help. And every point I just gave you, I gave you the counter. Side of it, that where you can get the help and the hope. But as we seek God, as we lean on Him for strength, He sees us through. There's been some times in my life that were very challenging, very depressing to me. I I didn't have besetting sin. I wasn't, you know, doing uh, some of these. I was eating pretty good. And and it was just a season. It was a hard season, a valley season. And even through those, we've got to hang on to the cross. We've got to persevere. We've got to hold on. Jesus said, the, he didn't ever say there will be no storms. He said, I will take you through the storm. So until next time, I hope that helps. Take it to prayer and fasting. Get into God's word like, Never before, turn on some worship, begin to start a prayer and worship night at your church, begin to offset a lot of the negative things that are going out in the world with a lot of the positive things that we find in God's word. So talk to you soon. Shane Eidelman, um, uh, going out here, I don't know what they call that on podcasts, signing off. I mean, I guess that could be for radio, but anyway, I will talk to you next time. And if you have an important topic or something you would like to see discussed, email us, at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's idleman.com and I will try to get to it. Thank you. If you need additional support, you can visit my website, shaneidleman.com, where I will also write about many of the topics that we will be discussing. Sermons and free downloads of my books are also available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's Westside